Um, hello, welcome to episode 18 of what we're listening to. Uh, my name is Josh and I'm one of your hosts. And uh, with me is my friend and writer of the music that they play at the Grammys to get people off the stage. Asher, how are you, sir? I wish that'd be a cool gig. <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing all right. It's getting a little bit chilly over here, so I'm, I'm all bundled up, but it's nice. I think it was 39 degrees yesterday. Uh, <laughs> Uh, um so it is grammy season so first off who cares but second off i didn't (laughs) it is uh what i like to call quiz fodder so um you shall be tested on grammy knowledge sir all i know is from the simpsons random little like (laughs) grammy jokes yeah yeah yeah. so of the past 10 years there have obviously been 10 albums of the year okay can you name any of the artists? <laughs> I feel like those words, we won a Grammy for this album, are thrown away so frequently. <laughs> I just don't, but I don't know any of the albums that they apply to. Um, I'm going to take a punt at one of my notes. Was, um, was the Suburbs one? That is one. Good work. That is 2011. You're looking at your list. There are a couple repeat offenders, uh, a couple of big name repeat offenders. Uh, Taylor Swift. Yes. Okay. She's got two. Kanye West. No Kanye. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. No. How many do you want um, me to get? No, you've you've got you've done pretty well. I, I'll give you a point for that. You've gotten uh, more than more than three. Yeah. So it's like Adele. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Mumford and Sons have one. Daft Punk have one. Bruno Mars, Beck. Okay. Some woman named Casey Musgraves. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. The layout is like either very pop or like an indie, like a yeah. predominantly white indie artist who managed to make it kind of thing. Was um, the Mumford one Sign No More? No, it's the second album. Oh, Babel. <laughs> Babel. What? Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any idea what the, like, categories, like, how they do this, like, where is it, what, when is it? Yeah. I just don't know. Well, the the Grammys is in some hot water at the moment because they keep on snubbing black artists for mainstream categories right. and keep on bumping, like, white artists out of non-mainstream categories. It's really, anyway, right. uh, neither of us are American and we have our own award ceremonies in our own countries that aren't the Grammys, so... Curious. Yeah, you guys have the Juno, right? Is that in Canada? Correct. We do have the Junos. Yeah, I matter about as much. Um, good work, sir. Um, <laughs> do you have any catch up? Uh, yeah, yeah. I have a couple of things. So, when we were talking about the Goo Goo Dolls and Iris, like <laughs> like a dunce, I was sitting there going, "Who is Maggie Rogers?" and um. I know who Maggie Rogers is. She was the amazing girl who was on that um, Pharrell Williams kind of viral clip where she did a masterclass yes. with him and played one of her songs, Alaska, to him. And he's like, this is amazing, like have zero feedback kind of thing. Um, and so I know that song and I've listened to a, lot, a bit of other stuff on SoundCloud, but she's she's great. Yeah, I must confess I haven't like gone into her full albums, but... Yeah, that makes sense, and it's cool that they're working together because they're like amazing <laughs> singer songwriters. Yeah. yeah on on the Iris note, it um, I was looking at some of the statistics because that song kind of exploded. A, you can't buy it anymore or stream it on Spotify. Yeah, but it was the number one digitally downloaded song of the week mm-hmm. for both of the artists, and it was their That's first amazing. number one. Like, <laughs> yeah, kind of went gangbusters, which is so funny. That's 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 amazing. I I love that. So my second piece of cover, um, like catch up. I was about to say cover up, um, is to do with the cover <laughs> of you know last week how I was reviewing um, All Thoughts Fly by Anna von Hasswolf. Yes. Um. So, like a history noob, I didn't realize that that cover is actually a real place. Um. So it's. It's a, it's a stone piece of art. Uh, so Orcus is in a, 
in a place called uh, Sacroboso. It's the sacred garden. And it's supposed, yeah, it's supposed to be this statue of Orcus, I suppose, with up its, on the upper lip, it's inscribed all thoughts fly in Latin or something like that. Okay. And so apparently when you're sitting in or standing in that mouth, when you whisper, anyone on the steps can kind of hear what you're saying. And so some people have described it as the hell mouth um, and notes that people have dined in it. Um, with <laughs> producing the effect of simultaneously eating and being eaten. Anyway, uh, in 16th century monsters in Italian, uh, the du- duality represented of 16th century monsters in Italian gardens. So um, the hell mouth is only a fragment of the whole body and therefore grotesque or something like this. Anyway, so, I mean, it's still, oh. it's a very different concept than the music that we hear within, but there you go. Agreed. Yeah. I was I was a bit like I saw it come up recently and I was like oh it's an actual place I should have known mm. this anyway yeah that's all for me thank you yeah I'm I'm good I got nothing cool on to the reviews yeah let's do it so I have been listening to a band which I haven't listened to in a long while they're a band called Elbow from the UK. Um, and they're a very long-standing band. I think they've probably been going close to 30 years by now um, because I remember when I was really into them back in 2011, they just kind of hit their 20-year mark. Um, so, yeah, they're probably close to 30 <laughs> years. Not quite as long as Radiohead, but, you know, another UK brand, uh, band that have been around for a long time. With the yeah. same five members up until quite recently, where their drummer just retired from it. So, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, Jup. He left. He is a really cool, cool drummer. I really liked his style, but whoever's replacing him has done a pretty good job of emulating, slash, improving and innovating. Mm. So, um, I dropped off after they released an album called The Takeoff and Landing of Everything. Um, they're most famous for their album, The Seldom Seeing Kid, um, which has some some pretty big hits on it and one of your favourite songs, Josh, um, Starlings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I kind of picked this album. I was going to listen to their 2017 album called Little Fictions and then realising they'd released one last year as well, I didn't really like the sound of Little Fiction, so I just jumped on this one. Now... The album's called Giants of All Sizes. Um, Things to expect from Elbow that I really like are very meticulous lyrics, um, kind of bluesy music at times, but then going kind of back to very steady, not very syncopated kind of melodies and very, um, very interesting song structures for me. They're kind of like a rock band, but not quite as rocky at all times. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I haven't really liked an opener of theirs since The Seldom Seeing Kid. Um, You used to joke about the birds or something on the opening of um, Build a Rocket Boys. It's like 10 minutes long or something like that. (laughs) It's really boring. I mean, it's interesting, but it just is too long. And the opener of this one didn't grab me as well. And I think they go for like bluesy sort of like riff based things and it was cool but like yeah not one of my favorites so after oh, that oh i will uh, yeah. sorry i will say that the opener for uh build a rocket boys is lippy kids and that song is really good i didn't know the birds is immediately after them oh yeah, right yeah. sorry i got around the wrong way oh i i changed my <laughs> statement then lippy kids is amazing <laughs> so <laughs> i i so thought it was the other one but anyway whatever um on this album after that, I really enjoy a lot of the songs. So Seven Veils is gorgeous, like really beautiful harmonies. Um, Guy Garvey has a beautiful voice, kind of scratchy, mm. but but also very melodic, great falsetto. Um, I, I feel like they've returned to a little bit of the production that they had on earlier albums, like pre-Seldom Seen Kid a little bit more raw, a little bit more acoustic, 
but also including some really interesting like electronic sounds in that sort of way. Um, I like what Elwo do where they kind of have intros or interludes that are just too long and they make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and kind of breaks the stereotypical mold of a pop song, which is cool. Um, so they've done a little bit of this um, on this new album. There's uh, a new, there's a song called uh, Empires, which I really like. Kind of, it's got some um, cool stops and synth sounds and things. And this is where the lyrics kind of get very interesting. So this one's about um, Brexit uh, being mm. from the UK, and then it's it's about his conclusion that um, the European Union is going to break up because of Brexit, and you know this is the eventual thing that will lead to it. And there's a line yeah. like empires crumble and fall and this time you're witnessing mine kind of thing um then then the songs on this album are quite a lot about death um and this is a common theme throughout elbows music is that they they seem to value friendships as a band very very strongly which is great um but they've had friends um pass away while they've been writing these albums throughout throughout their lives. And some of them are like absolutely gorgeous. So if you listen to the last track on the seldom seen kid, um, it's one of the most beautiful pieces of poetry in a song, um, that I've heard in a long, long time. Um, and I'm forgetting the name of it right now. Can you help me, Josh? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just your looking friends, for it. Uh, that's actually, a similar kind of song, but it's on Build a Rocket Boys. So on the Seldom Seen Kid, um, Friend of Ours, very close. So Friend of Ours is, is a very moving piece and it has just almost like one stanza of lyrics that's done in such a beautiful way. But so some of the songs on this new album kind of reminded me of that and I was like, yeah, I really like the poetry. Um, there's a song called Delayed 315, um, which has this very minimal acoustic feel and these interesting lyrics. Um, White Noise, White Heat um, has the angry feel of like leaders of the free world, which is from one of their earlier albums. Mm. Um, and it's about the Grenfell fire in England, about that tower, which was um, that, yeah, killed a lot of people. And so it's this pretty kind of, heated song like really intense and i i like that they can go there um and then the last kind of tracks are really beautiful like um uh, doldrums and uh my trouble is one of my favorites about his um it not necessarily referencing his wife and son but it's about them yeah <laughs> they're not his troubles but yeah. well maybe they're i i still haven't kind of delved into the lyrics as deep as i would like elbow take a long time mm. my favorite tracks are seven veils my trouble and white noise white heat and uh, listening back to this just last night and kind of finalizing my thoughts i'm like i think i need more time with elbow than yeah yeah like they just they require a lot of excavation of lyrics and sounds and things, but I was really happy with this album in a way that I haven't necessarily been with earlier ones since seldom seen. So, I mean, build a rocket yeah. boys was amazing, but yeah. Yeah. But I, I gave it a listener to as well. And my general impression is I need to give it a little bit more. It mm. didn't grab me as much as uh, build a rocket boys did. I quite like that album. Actually. Yeah, no, you're right. That's sorry. That's, that's a really good one. It's a strong follow up to seldom seen, but it's yeah. Like this album is much darker and less symphonic in some ways than their past albums are. Mm. And so it's interesting to see. I enjoyed yeah. empires quite a bit. Yeah. It's cool. It's, uh, like, like a sad jam. And I think the song doldrums is about Vancouver. Yeah, it is. It's um about, when they, him and his wife were there for filming for something for her and he was just watching kind of like the upper class just walking past those who are homeless and there was a homeless <laughs> guy who like let them, like stepped out of his way and kind of let her pass and she just totally like blanked him and like ignored him. So just reflecting. Like talking about Yale Town, I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah it, could be, it could be downtown east, I don't know. I don't know where they'd be filming. Yeah, so I just found that 
strange that Elba would write a song about the city that I live in, but um, yeah. Well, they've they've yeah. been around the place. I, one of my, f- I don't usually like songs about New York, but their their song "New York Morning" <laughs> is is an exception to the rule, and it's a beautiful song. And they were reflect, reflecting on kind of like, yeah, all the steel and buildings and things. You're not a Frank Sinatra fan. <laughs> I don't know. Is that New York, New York? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyway, I don't want to go to that. <laughs> um, but the I did want to say, if you've never heard Elbow before, please start at the Seldom Seen Kid um, mm. and maybe work backwards. Uh, oh, Seldom Seen Kid, Build a Rocket Boys, and then go backwards. There's some absolute gold. I was listening to Station Approach um, last night. Do you know this song, Josh? Yeah, a little bit. It's not. It's like it's this song about him, like going home to see his family, and um, there's a line. It's like the streets are full of goths and geeks. I haven't seen my mom in weeks, um, but coming <laughs> home, I feel like I design these buildings. I walk by, you know, you drive me up the wall. I need to see your face. That's all. And it's like he just has this way of doing mm. lyrics that's just so interesting apologies out there to the people from the uk for pronouncing mum like yeah that. well it, it is worth mentioning that guy garvey is very manchester in his accent yeah yeah and i really love that i i think it adds <laughs> a lot to the music anyway thanks for letting me just ramble that's kind of that's elbow <laughs> what have you you been listening to yeah, I guess this is a, this is a a week of um, classics for us. So yeah, I've yeah. been listening to the latest release from Gorillaz, um, <clears throat> Song Machine, uh, Season One, as it's called. Hmm. Um, so this is a bit of a strange album that it's totally unconnected, um, thematically, stylistically. Um, really, it's just an excuse for collaborations. <laughs> And like the quality of the album basically depends on each song on an individual basis. Um, yeah. But it's kind of, so there's no denying this is the strongest release from the Gorillas in a long time, maybe a decade. Um, uh, though we'll make a couple caveats. I still much more appreciate the thematic nature of some of their older albums like Plastic Beach or Demon Is. I think those are more mm. interesting as a whole and also i actually quite enjoy a lot of gorilla songs that are featureless um of which there are mm. none here um yeah yeah I, th- I think it allows for a little more exploration in some areas for them as a band um, well they get to be themselves yeah um uh so uh song machine season one implying they'll be more which is good i guess if they keep this kind of uh strong setup like the songwriting is really crisp for the most part it knows where it's going and the production is top notch everything sounds great um Mm. this is like really like turning on every cylinder this album is like it knows what it wants to do um and the amount of features is pretty staggering too uh like you got um rob smith from the cure you have elton john You got Slow Tie. You got uh, Hookie from Joy Division. We talked about last week. Yeah, this was um, one of the singles, right? There were a couple of singles. Yeah, yeah. And then you have all these hip hop artists who I admittedly don't know as much about, but who are also pretty big. Mm. Um, and so there's a pretty wide variety on this album. You kind of have these like quintessential Gorillaz tracks, like the one called Pac Man or Valley of the Pagans, which is a little more traditional. And then you have like these kind of wider ballads like Desolée or the Pink Phantom. Hmm. And then you have like New Order ripoff songs like Aries, which is great. Um, and then you get some like more trap rap inspired ones in the back half. I So I've seen pretty much unanimous praise for this record. Um, so I will offer some criticisms, I think. <laughs> um, some songs in this record kind of suck, I think. Hmm. Um, there are two in particular, uh, Dead Butterflies at the end, which is kind of a trap song, um, which I really think doesn't help the gorillas 
approach to making music shine very much because trap music is quite minimalist and it's mm. like it's beats and composition yeah. and then very dry uh, Chalk, drums and stuff very dry yeah and chalk tablet towers um mm. featuring saint vincent i think is also pretty subpar um especially when you compare it to a lot of the other elements in this album which are doing so well like I don't think they'd be like I don't think they're bad songs necessarily, but they don't stack up to the rest. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I really enjoyed this, and it's great to hear gorillas make good music again. If you can't tell, I'm a bit of a gorillas nut. Um, <laughs> also, there's an extended edition, and a lot of those it's kind of unfair. A lot of those ideas feel much more half baked than the actual album does. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts listening to it? So uh, this is the thing about gorillas. I have struggled to get in gor- into gorillas at like when they're just themselves because I feel yeah. like when they have featured song featured artists, I tend to struggle to know who the gorillas are. Like <laughs> I don't have a picture in my mind of what to expect. And so it's hard for me to have like any sort of opinion on whether they've like – I don't know. Not that that's real. I don't know. I just find it hard to know what I'm listening to. So I listened to um, about five or so tracks of this. I must confess, um, the rap stuff left me me a bit cold. Just (laughs) like, I just, I don't, yeah. Like I've said before, I just don't really kind of get it. And I, I like, I listened to them. I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is interesting. I like Damon's voice. Damon, right? Um, yeah, Damon Albarn. Yeah, yeah. I like his voice, and I like how kind of dreary it sounds alongside these other artists, and I kind mm. of dig that. The music was fantastic, like the instrumentation behind it. Um, it didn't grab me as much as like other Gorillaz stuff I've heard. I, I mean, if I was to say an album I really love of theirs, it's their self-titled, which kind of I got into in high school, um, but. Uh, is that the one? Or is that 19, 2000? Is that the name of the album? Yeah, uh, self-titled. Is it yeah, self-titled? Okay. I can't remember. Um, I haven't properly listened to Demon Days and things to, to like, reference it against this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it didn't grab me so much. I, I mean, I don't think my comments are worth much, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't think they're very informed or, you know, they don't, it, like, yeah. I don't really have much to say about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I I think it's part of the function of this being thematically unrelated. I don't know. One of the reasons why like I started enjoying hip hop music in the first place was listening to Demon Days and mm. seeing people like connecting um the themes of of the raps in those songs to the actual album. I thought it was more interesting than like mm like at the time just like 50 cent rapping about whatever he wants to do kind of thing like it, it's yeah. less that's less enthralling to me yeah um, i did enjoy remember you um were talking about the singles like aries and um yeah uh desolé like i i think i enjoyed i think it was desolé i can't remember but both of them were interesting um just getting into more of them i didn't really find much to kind of connect with initially <laughs> I do want to listen to Demon Days, Wayne, one day um, to try and break the gorillas' (laughs) threshold, like just break through and actually get in there. But, um, yeah, (laughs) until so far I haven't yet. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, if anyone is a gorillas fan, I think this release is pretty strong. Um, Nice. Especially, I think Aries is still a high point. As is um, the Elton John feature. I think those are both really great. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we talked about that. I did like Elton John drawn in that style. <laughs> He's so loud in the song. He's just like <laughs> going for it. Yeah. On a side note, the gorillas fascinate me. Um, I find <laughs> that they, I actually like watching them live with all the holograms and and um, the kind of, and I like the rappers coming on and kind of being the only humans on stage. Like it's quite, mm. it's quite an interesting concept. And I like that. I still don't know who really writes this music. <laughs> um, 
I think I saw some performances around the Plastic Beach era when they were all dressed in sailors' uniforms and and actually had a whole band on stage too. And yeah. I found that really interesting because I really like the musicality. Like I, I think the, Damon gets like excellent players around him. So they have um, different touring bands, or at least they do now. They didn't used to tour in the Demon Days era that much. They did a couple right. live shows. Um, so my brother and I actually got to see Gorillaz play at Coachella. And that was, nice. re- I mean, that was one of the main draws to me was to go see them because that was amazing. Um, yeah. But the band is made up of like, so you got Damon, you got a couple members from Blur, mm. and then you have like the bass player and the guitarist from The Clash playing with okay. him and you have these like like legendary musicians on the stage but also at the same time you have these big visual clips that are like cartoons that have been drawn playing yeah. in the background behind them it was really great i like i like that and i think i've yeah the artist is very clever um yeah if not a bit disturbing at times but like <laughs> you know it's quite it's quite a good brand and i i appreciate that so anyway yeah so I'd add that side note. Uh, that's no, that's fair. That's part of the project. All right, homework time. Homework. Okay, so uh, this time you'll have to forgive me. This is uh, I think I've been giving Asher some uh, easy pitches, low some balls. underhand pitches. Yeah, low balls. Um, so this is an attempt to uh, meet him on a weird scale without. Uh, <laughs> Chasing people away. So this, I gave uh, Asher an album by a band called Heilong, um, which is a... Thanks, thanks for pronouncing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, an experimental folk band from Europe, because they're from multiple countries in Europe. Um, yeah. This is, their, this is their second full release album called Futha. And uh, <laughs> they're a bit hard to peg down. Um, the music revolves around using uh, ancient tools and instruments um, lots of bones, um, singing in various languages, both current and ancient. Um, a lot of throat singing as well. Uh, it's quite ritualistic and intense. It's quite, you know, mm. like war inspiring. Um, and I must and also admit, this is my f- a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is my first time listening to an actual album of theirs. Mostly, what I've done is I've watched live performances of theirs before because those are amazing. They get up in um, period accurate costume, um, lots of antlers and yeah. Um, perf- and, yeah, yeah. perform these incredible songs um, live, but um, album's a bit different. So what did you think about uh, Old Norse? I mean, uh, Heilung. <laughs> so there were two things I thought of as soon as I started listening. <laughs> a... How did I not know about these guys? I mean, <laughs> that's not implying that, like, I totally love them, but, like, they, they're kind of on my radar because I listen to a lot of, you know, Sigaros and Bjork and other Icelandic sort of yep. Nordic. I just had never heard of them. And B, how do you like this? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, you can answer that at the end. Those are just my two initial thoughts. Because um, I'll tell you what I thought first and then you can tell me about what you really enjoy. Um, I must admit at first they were a bit freaky. Like I, I found, I found that like, it was like the visuals and the like really harsh throat singings. And you know how you can make Germans sound like they're just swearing at you the whole time. Like they kind of do that. The way they speak the different languages, it's just like really intense I must admit, though, those tracks I didn't enjoy nearly as much as the, like, female vocal-led ones. Mm. So um, the throat singing and the, like, really harsh language, um, I didn't really enjoy it as much. Like, I kind of was conflicted between, like, these really beautiful, almost Enya-like vocal pieces and then some really harsh pieces underneath, like, as well. I preferred the more melodic stuff. so the the singing was cool, like it was really interesting, and I mean that's their focus, right? There's like what ten people, twelve people in the band, and like so many of them are singing. It's like basically, it's basically a choir with mm. lots of percussion and then electronic instruments in some ways. Um, I I must confess I found the album 
quite overproduced in some ways, like mm. um, compared with the visuals and the live stuff, I found that like the, it was almost a little bit like European house techno sometimes underneath. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, okay. Like there was like these pumping dum, 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 and it didn't feel like it was a woody drum all the time. Sometimes there were very woody, you were talking about bones and all this sort of stuff. It felt mm. like very organic. And other times it felt very like, you know, this is a drum machine kind of thing. So uh, there was these interesting like huh. <laughs> combinations of sounds. Um, I must confess, I overall, I didn't super love the vibe. Like yeah. um, compared with Sigaros, who feel like they're probably a bit more new agey. Um, uh, and I mean, that has its problems, but like I was just like, uh it's a bit softer and like this was very intense and I watched like some of the videos and it's like, it's just like quite, whoa, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so I didn't super love the vibe and it was a bit of a hard sell going from elbow to highling, high lung, which was interesting, but fine. So yeah. the, the tracks that I love the most, Natupo, um, Othan, Svanrand. <laughs> um, basically, anyone's anyone's with vocals. Also, Troust is beautiful. These were really gorgeous tracks, and I enjoyed listening to them uh, quite a few times. So, yeah, um, I really liked that. But I did kind of skip over as soon as it kind of. Well, I tried to listen all the way through a few times, and then I was like, okay, I don't know if I need to hear like really intense like. German being yelled in my ear. <laughs> really close um, to your head. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very, there were some parts that were kind of cool and droney and interesting and, and yeah, that had these electronic vibes as well as like being very traditional. And so, yeah, I was surprised though that it was quite produced compared to like, um, yeah, other stuff I've heard that's more, mm. that's quite traditional. Um but it was a fascinating listen. Yeah, I'd never heard of these people before and uh, it was quite interesting to listen to. Tell me about how you came across them and how you like them and stuff. Uh, I think a buddy of mine, uh, Jordan, um, showed them to me. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I actually found this album a little bit subdued compared to their live performances. Mm -hmm. um which are fairly wild but also i agree with you that like the tracks that aren't as musical on this album aren't that interesting um mm. like the the ones that have more of a beat and more like serious singing behind them are much more um interesting to get behind um but i i don't know i yeah. enjoy the the vibe the aggressive um nordic vibe behind this you know mhm mm Go. Cool. This is kind of this is the kind of thing I would listen to when I would like play like a fighting game and just kind of like get the blood <laughs> pumping a little bit, you know. <laughs> it's maybe something in my I don't my, play many of those. <laughs> my ancient Viking heritage or something like that, but just kind of that's right, yeah. Tweak something. Um, it rises up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like. I just kind of love the idea of these, like, you know, three kind of early 30 year old European people in full getup hitting a shield on stage for rhythm. And you're like, yeah, nobody, I, I haven't seen anyone else do that kind of thing. It's just kind of unique. It, it is quite a niche genre, and band, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but they seem to be quite big. Like I was reading their Wikipedia and people seem to have really gotten behind this. Yeah. People have responded fairly strongly to their live performances. It's like, Oh, I've never yeah. seen anything like this before. Yeah. Which Yeah, I was following you? their Instagram and they were talking about how these are actual real, you know, rituals and they have meaning and they relate to the songs and stuff. You're like, okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah, a little bit yeah. freaky. Yeah, it's it's just not a world that I've like known much about. Like obviously not being European and not really having a heritage that's older than like two hundred and fifty years. It's like <laughs> it's very interesting. Um so yeah, no, I dig it. Uh, like, as in, there were some tracks I really enjoyed, but like, yeah, it's it's fascinating to me, and I always like hearing stuff like this and new new things. So, thank you. Mm. Yeah. All right. 
So I gave Josh um, something, I mean, it has elements of experimentalism, but it's probably a little bit more close to home. Um, This is an album um, called Arrayed Above the Seraphim Lights by Even Oxen. Um, I found this through a blog back in 2016 and really, really loved this album for a long time. And I have enjoyed um, their other work as well. Um, And they are kind of, yeah, for me, they're in the vein of like Neutral Milk Hotel like very raw bedroom folk. Mm. And uh, I can talk a little bit more about that, but um, I thought that you might enjoy it based upon that. So what did you think of uh, a raid above the Seraphim lights? Yeah, this is kind of um, a weird collision of like alternative 2000s folk music and uh, extreme distortion. Um, also gospel songs. Um, yes. So, so you're right. They're kind of in the same corner as like a neutral milk hotel or like, uh, Andrew Jackson Jihad. They're kind of like, um, yeah, yeah. But a little less fast pace, um, as AJJ, but kind of way more distorted than both of them. There's like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a single sound in this album that isn't cranked in some way. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> So like like a folk album, a lot of this is kind of personal reflection. Um, but even Oxen are Christian bands. So there's also a lot of heavy dose of spirituality tied to this. So it's kind of some songs are love songs. Some are like feeling songs and some are faith reflections. Um, but they're all pretty cute. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, <laughs> I would not the, have thought of that, but I can understand that. Like the songs are charming and they're quite endearing. Yeah. Like they're if you get past the the layer of like distorted compression on top of everything, mm-hmm. um, they're quite um appealing folk songs. So I really enjoy this album for the most part. Um cool. there are two there are two exceptions to that, but um <laughs> I I don't really listen to those tracks either. Um <laughs> yeah this, this is the kind of like a different approach to writing like um undercranked folk music that i would like have like to have seen from like a bonnie prince billy or something like that like this is like a different approach mm, yeah. to making something that i actually quite appreciate and even if it's not your thing it's still particularly different right mm. um uh now the first and second to last song on this album are really difficult <laughs> i'm I'm curious if you know the reason for their existence uh, if i was to take a, a guess it would be for thematic reasons because this album yeah, is about yeah. like angel stuff and so these sounds are like a noble angelic noise but um they are like these two songs and quotations are just like <laughs> uh feedback and distortion uh, to the maximum and they're also uh volume louder than the rest of the album um <laughs> it's, almost it's like a like, jump scare yeah it really hurts when you first listen to this and the yeah. second the second one is like 11 and a half minutes long too yeah and it's just noise oh my god i have the cassette of this too it's, it's like the side b is almost entirely um the dragon on the shore beside the sea um I mean, my guess, I don't think it's like too massively deep and symbolic. I just think that he was writing an album partially, you know, love songs, partially reflections, and then like a bit of stuff from um, a book in the Bible, the last book called The Revelation of Jesus Christ, which has a lot of apocalyptic kind of things in it. And so I think that he's just, you know, wants to write songs and some of them have uh, fit as folk songs and others fit as like noise tracks. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I love that the two are combined because I have noise albums and I have folk tracks, folk albums. And I like when someone is kind of like, yeah, I'm going to chuck the two together and like see how they work in the pot. It's so counterintuitive to like the nature of folk music. Um, to have just like screaming, like retching guitar noises, just like crank to the maximum. Like it puts like Van Halen sound to shame. It's just like so loud, you know? 
Well, that's what you realize is that like when you hear a song, even when I was talking about doom, like last week, I was like, oh, it's so, it's so like intense. It's like, it's really nothing compared to like, um, a unbalanced song, which hasn't been like compressed to, (laughs) you know, it's limits where it's actually not really that bad. I love that someone described it on Bandcamp as a pleb filter track. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means. Anyway. But they were saying it kind of breaks up the breaks up just it, you feeling like it's just a like a folk sing along album as well. I mean, um, I guess. But I think that he's put as much work into those as the like. Uh, no, sorry, I want to say he's put a lot of work into the <laughs> folk songs, and then used these songs to kind of like think conceptually about the album. So it's meant to be a concept album in some ways. Mm. Um, I personally, yeah, I really love this one. Um, I can't say that I always listen to those loud tracks <laughs> when I'm listening to the whole thing because <laughs> my daughter might be around. <laughs> I don't know. I, overall, I I really enjoyed this album and the, the folk songs were quite cool. um, nice. I, yeah, I mean, I, I love distortion in, you know, in moderate amounts comparatively, I guess, but it was nice. Yeah to take those kind of two things and marry them together. Also a couple of the, the songs or one in particular had a couple string parts to it that really reminded mm, me of yeah. another band we've talked about uh, together called fan Farlow. Um, yeah. 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 The song was a Kaya's connectic vile, whatever, how you pronounce that word. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Villy. 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 It was really, yeah, reminiscent of me to like early Fan Farlow songs. Um, yeah, that's great. They're nice. kind of like I like I love cello. I love um, yeah, kind of yeah. It's use in songs and Fan Farlow. In case listeners don't know them, um, you should definitely check them out. At least their first album. Um, oh, what's it called? I'm a pilot, or is that the name of the first song? Anyway. Yeah, it's the one with I'm a pilot on it, if that's the song. <laughs> or the name of the album. He's a fake whichever. fan. Get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a fake fan. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so thank you for all that. Right. That's definitely uh, oh, that's ear okay. opening is what I would say. Um, good, good. I think it's one of the first, like, homework pieces that you've actually, like, really enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I never did, like, homework at school. All right. Honorable mentions. Uh, that's fine. Honorable mentions. <laughs> Um, so I've been listening to a few things. I end up like with a big long list and then I just gradually cross them off the <laughs> night before to be like, which ones am I actually going to talk about? So I've got a bunch which I'm not going to mention, but one of them I've been listening to a, so I've been listening to a guy, his name's Chris Campanelli. His band is called Camp Christopher. Um, so mm-hmm. you can find him on Bandcamp under that, but he has a, an album. So he was a friend from Canada who now lives back in the States. Um, and we played a bit of music together and I was just reminded of his music again recently. I think after listening to Bonnie Prince Billy, cause we shared uh, an enjoyment of his music and this album is called beyond the word. And it is a very beautiful piece of Americana folk kind of thing. Um, a little bit more modern than like some Americana folk, but just beautiful. And, um, I've really been enjoying listening to it again. And I know that he has a whole album's worth of songs out there. So (laughs) I'm waiting for that because they are so beautiful. I've heard some of them live and I I wish that he would release that, but you know, all in good time, each people do their own thing. So I just thought I'd say that and say, check his out, check his album out. It's really lovely. Um, my second thing, it's my last thing, but it's kind of multifaceted. Um, so I've been a little bit obsessed with the work of teenage engineering and their devices lately. <laughs> um, if you don't know teenage engineering, they're a Swedish company that make music gear like synthesizers and sequences and um, all this kind of stuff. And I have been focusing on the op1 and the opz they're two of their like kind of synthesizers um quite amazing music tools like very very well loved by a whole bunch of people 
Um, so I, I thought I'd reference, I haven't talked about him before, but there's a musician named Andrew Huang, who is from Toronto. And he, he does kind of, it looks like he just does music reviews sometimes, on, like music gear reviews on YouTube. But he's a very, very talented musician in his own right. And so he does review gear online, but he writes a lot of music. He'll do things like um, he'll get four producers and they'll, he'll give them each a sample, uh, one sample for all four of them to use, and they have to use it in different ways and see the different ways that they kind of use it and be creative with it. Um, and he's one of the producers and like that, it's just really fascinating to watch. So because I've been interested in the OP1 and the OPZ, he talks about them a lot. He really loves them, makes a lot of music on them. So I've been kind of fascinated with that. (laughs) Um, and then linked in with that, I've been hunting around and listening to a lot of tracks that use the OP1 in different ways. So I've been listening to Boniverse 22 a million and like watching him perform live with this little device. And um, I've been listening to, a, a, there's like Gorillaz tracks which use the OP-1. You mm-hmm. were saying that um, the new Sound Machine one uses it, you think? It's a couple of places in Sound Machine, yeah. Yeah, so it's a pretty well-loved device. And I was listening on Spotify to a playlist of like songs that use the OP-1, and it's really amazing to hear how it's kind of inspired and like being a tool that a lot of people have used. Oh, and um, I was watching Kenny Beats last night. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, you've seen this. It, I wasn't watching at all. It's like an hour and a half yeah, it's of long. Between, uh, Twitch streaming. But he, uh, he, you mean the OP1 can be a self-contained recording tool, but he's like just recording it straight in and making this really chill beat. It's really cool watching his workflow after like hearing him um, his production on, um, idols and stuff. It's yeah. cool to see him making his own music and stuff. He, but, he also didn't yeah. know how to use the OP1 at the beginning of quarantine. He's actually one of his like set up projects to learn how to use the thing. Um, <laughs> uh, take your years. Yeah. I, um, I, and this is my last shout out. Like I, I got to play around with one this week, um, at Taramara music, um, in Sydney. And so shout out to, um, uh, Maddie Paxton, who has some great music um, on Spotify using the OP1, uh, who helped me out with that. And uh, he's got a beautiful track called We Thought We Could. And so, yeah, um, it, I've just been kind of exploring and uh, really enjoying that tool. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Mm. So anyway, that's that's all me. Okay. Well, I have had a very different uh, level of technology era um yes. honorable mentions. <laughs> so mostly because of your lovely wife, Asher. Um I've been oh. listening to a lot of ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra. Um <laughs> great. They have an album called Out of the Blue, which is a fantastic album. Um and so mm-hmm. I've been listening. It's like super poppy 70s. It's like almost disco. Um mm. Or like straight up Beatles and the strings, but the songs are so rich and Jeff Lynn's songwriting is so good. And I just been kind mm. of bopping to Out of the Blue by ELO in the background for a lot of this week and last week, to be honest. Oh, nice. Um, so thanks, Jess, for that. And uh, second, um, kind of in the same vein, I've been listening to the soundtrack for the last Waltz movie. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. I don't know it. Um, no. The Last Waltz is a f- pretty famous concert film uh, from the 70s by Martin Scorsese and the band. Um, and it's, oh, wow. It's the, okay. it's the band's farewell concert. This, like, this is their last time playing live. And so they get uh, all their friends together, like you know Ringo and Neil Young and Bob Dylan. And, like, oh, there's so many people there, and they all just kind of play for hours. So it's this monolithic double disc soundtrack. Um, mm. But it's probably one of the best live albums ever made. And I just kind of wow. I've been on a big '70s hit, basically going through ELO and then the yeah. the, the last waltz kind of together. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I love the band. That's they're, great. They're so great. I remember borrowing one of their albums from a library once and really enjoying it. 
Um, I don't know which one it was, but yeah, they're very, very cool. Yeah. The best, best drummer singer. Um, and then third, um, a couple, uh, little double single albums, uh, from my favorite Canadian soul man, Leaf Follerbeck. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Where he actually does a cover of, uh, 29 Stafford apartments on one of them. Um, oh, okay. Speaking of Bonnie Yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, I think the original song's pretty basic, to be honest, but uh, the cover, I it's, think. It's the most boring on, song on that album. To the be covers honest. kind of makes it more. I don't know. The covers are better than I think the original in some ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. I, I really like Lee Fallback a lot. And so these are kind of some sweet little double singles while he's waiting to pick a new album. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, in order to keep my uh, shoegaze arbiter moniker um <laughs> i should mention that you're gonna get people following you until the end of time i'm, I'm fine with this um shout out to all the random shoegaze bands that have started following me on twitter i see you yeah. and i appreciate you and we shall keep this music strong um one of them is a band called eep from el paso who i've been listening to their album death of a great machine um eep Eep. Yeah, capital E, capital E, capital P. And it's, I don't know, it's really good. It's like slow dive, but uh, more teeth to it. It's a little more aggressive. Um, okay, yeah I, yeah. I need to ask, I need to give it some attention, some more attention because it kind of dipped through. But I mean, it's shoegaze and I love it. And um, it's kind of the more sonic, uh, pleasantly sonic version of the shoegaze scale. Um, so mm-hmm. give Eep a lookout. And that's me. I will. Thank you for listening to our 18th episode of what we're listening to. We are now eligible to vote in the next election, whichever country it is that our podcast exists in. Um, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed listening and finding out about some interesting bands. Please let us know um, of any that you recommend. We're always open to suggestions and thoughts and all that sort of thing. Um we have a special episode coming up soon so keep your ears open for that actually two special episodes (laughs) so you are lucky people (laughs) very lucky please follow us on socials you know twitter instagram facebook uh and our website for all the updates and all that sort of thing and we'll look forward to uh next time see you later josh see you buddy bye